Hey, uh, oh, I should, I should get rid of that. That was from our Fall Fest. Welcome to church. I gotta do this before we get into announcements. To everybody who volunteered this last Friday night at our annual Fall Fest, thank you. You volunteers really made that possible, and we're just, we're so thankful for all of you. That was a tremendous night we had on Friday. There, there were just so many kids who were amped up and, uh, you know, getting to see the kids dancing and worshiping, uh, Jesus during that moment that we had. It was, it was great. So, uh, and then they had lots of fun, lots of candy was had. So I'm sure the dentists around us will be very happy. So, with all that being said, Here's some announcements. Coming up on Wednesday, uh, One More Youth. That's for our middle schoolers and high schoolers. We'll be meeting again. That's always a great time. So if you're in that age range or you know someone that's in that age range, if your kids are in that age range, bring them. It's going to be a great night. Also coming up, November 6th. That's a week from Sunday. Uh, we're going to have our newcomers lunch after the 11 o'clock service. Those of us on staff will be out there. There will be some light refreshments and some drinks. We'll be on the front deck after the 11 o'clock service. That's a great opportunity to get to know us, ask any questions, and get better connected here at Keys Vineyard. Also coming up, we have a jam night. That'll be November 9th. That's a Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. That's always a great time. Join us for that. Bring your instrument if you've got one. You can bring your voice. Uh, just come and play and worship along with us that night. Also, we have a Thanksgiving concert. Uh, it's going to be on November 16th, uh, starting at 7 p.m. We're going to be playing some songs. Our worship team will be on the stage. We'll be playing. Uh, that'll be a great night. That's our Night of Thanks worship uh, set, November 16th, 7 o'clock. Download the app if you haven't uh, for more pertinent information. That's your word of the day, pertinent. And uh, you know what we got to do now. Let's get ready for church. Woo! Everybody online, welcome. We're glad you're joining us. We're getting ready to pop back into worship. Had a great uh, time at eight, and so we're excited to have this time with you. Then we'll be into a, back into our series on the fight about spiritual battle. And today we're talking about the shield of faith. So uh, I think it's uh, so important. Get your Bibles, get a coffee, get ready, because here we go. Woo! You guys are getting so good at that. <laughs> good morning, all. It is great to see your faces and hear your voices. Still one of my favorite things, hearing all the conversation and all the familial ties being built among us. My kids are going to love that I said that. Oops. Sorry. Among us. Um, I'm so glad you guys are here. We're looking forward to spending time with you in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do. In case you don't know, we start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a minute. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in the fight part 16. And it's a really good one today, guys. So I'm looking forward to you learning from it. But before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? We love your presence, Papa. We thank you for meeting with us. We're so grateful that we can gather corporately as your children and celebrate you.
Papa, we thank you for the ways that you've shown us that you are with us this week. And we praise you because you, we know you will do it again. Papa, we ask you to help us grow in faith. We want to be close to you, Papa. Help us to have open hearts and open ears this morning so we can hear the words that you have for us. They can take root and they can grow and change us to be more like you. Thank you, Papa. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty and merciful God, by your overwhelming goodness, keep us from everything that may hinder us so that we may be ready in body and soul to cheerfully accomplish whatever you want us to do. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. Uh, we're going to enter into our time of worship now together, and I'd just like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices in worship as we elevate Jesus' name here today. We're going to see the words pop up on the screen, so it'll be really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. This is Cherry Blossoms.
the shadow And I have been tested like silver Good. 
The reign of darkness now has ended In the kingdom of light In the kingdom of light Forever under your dominion You're the king of my life You're the king of my life He reigns You reign above it all You reign above it all Over the universe And over every heart There is no higher name Cause Jesus you reign above it all And on the cross The work was finished God you poured out your life Just to give us new life Now from the lips of the forgiven Here and
love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence, God. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us? Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up? And teach the children a Bible verse. Good morning, everyone. So excited to see you. So we have been talking, right, and telling you stories about repentance, right? How how God's people were calling other people to repentance, right? The prophets. Well, today we are going into the New Testament part of our Bibles to the book of Matthew. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 3. Right? And our story begins with, before Jesus came into the world, another baby was born, and his name was John. And John was Jesus' cousin. Yes, and when he grew up, he lived in the wilderness, and he ate locusts and wild honey. I know, right? And he wore clothes made out of camel's hair. Yes, with a leather belt that went around his waist. Isn't that amazing? I know, right? But he had a very important message for God's people. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, right? He told them repent, right? To turn away from sin because the kingdom of God is near. Yes, so many people from all over came to see John, and they told him, we are sorry for our sins. We are sorry for the things that we have done. And then John would baptize people in the Jordan River. One day, something happened. He saw the religious leaders coming toward him. And these religious leaders kept people away from the Lord, right? And their hearts weren't right with the Lord. So he yelled, who has warned you, right, that God's punishment is coming? If you, right, if, if you want, if you really have repented from your sin, right, if you really are sorry for your sin, he said, Change the way that you live, right? He told them no one is saved just because they belong to the family of Abraham. And then he told them in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance, right? But he who is coming after me, he's mightier than I, Right? And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John was telling the people that Jesus was coming, right? Yes, and that John was preparing the hearts of the people to receive the message of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit would come right after Jesus ascended to heaven, right? I know. And the picture of fire is a purifying fire, a fire that changes us, right? But it's also a picture of the judgment that's coming for those that don't believe in Jesus, right? 
I know. John told the people to repent, for turn to turn away from their sins and turn to Jesus. And he told them, right, that when Jesus comes, and those that trust Jesus will be saved from sin and death, and that God, Jesus, changes our hearts to act right. And listen to his words so that we can love God and we can love one another. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. Okay, so now we're going to say the Bible verse together. Are you guys ready? All right. Repeat after me. Matthew 3, 11. Matthew 3, 11. Good. Good job. I baptize you. I baptize you. Very good. With water for repentance. But he who is coming after me, he who is coming after me, yes, is mightier than I. Mightier than I. Whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Yes. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Good job, everyone. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And Pastor Georgina will pray for them and we'll send them off to Children's Church. Good looking group of kids. All right, guys. Are you ready? We're going to pray now. Okay, ready, guys? Let's bow our heads. Oh, Nathan, we're going to pray. Let's sit down, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, for everything you have done for us, for how well you take care of us, Lord God. I pray that the little ones will know, Lord God, that you love them so very much, Lord God, that you are there for them, God. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Amen. All right. Amen. Have a good time at Children's Church. Behave. Listen to your instructors. Learn well. You got a big topic to cover. I love, see, we, we hold all that in here because the kids are learning really important things to get a hold of in their lives. And uh, they may not totally figure them out yet. But I had this, this uh, thought, really. Uh, I'm 62 now. I'm just starting to figure some stuff out. So it's all good. I'm glad it's in there, right? Welcome to the vineyard. Very glad to have you with us. Have fun, everybody. And uh, welcome to those of you joining us online. Very glad to have you with us as well. Um, we, uh, before I jump in, just quickly. So uh, first, thank you, volunteers. Uh, Fall Festival was awesome. The place was packed. I got a mic drop. Yes, thank you. Mic drop. <laughs> we had a we, we had a discussion about shoes this morning, and uh, so just I, we'll we'll clue you in. So we were talking, and these have the shoes that Alice is wearing have a pretty noticeable heel. And when we were younger people, she wore heels a lot, but it may not be the best decision any longer. Not saying she's old, but I did say, really, are you? <laughs> Are you choosing these heels today for church? Yes, I am. You know, I'm a girl. I love my shoes. I said, okay. And so just when we came up here just then, I looked and I said, honey, how are you doing with those shoes? She went, terrible. (laughs) There's a point in time when comfort wins, right? 
And you're like, look at, look how comfortable my shoes are. They're ugly, but they're so comfortable. And later on, one of us will have foot cramps, and one won't. <laughs> anyway, oh, I digress. Uh, Lord, help me. Yeah, the mic drop. The, um, so thank, we, the place was packed with kids who had a great time. We got to bless them with lots of candy, and volunteers were awesome. We had a ton of volunteers, which make those events really work. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making that stuff happen. What a great group you are, that we can bless the community with an event like that. Top quality, the music, the concert was awesome. We're, uh, we're blessed. We have um, Eddie and Ben and their wives with us uh, for the weekend. They were up on the platform. If you, don't, if you haven't been here that long, uh, Eddie and Ben were both with us years ago, and they did our Bible Institute here, earned associate's degrees. They're both now actively involved on staff at a ministry up in Tennessee. And uh, they, they, they went off and got married, and we're happy to have their wives as part. Now, they're, they're also Kim's... Um, brothers, Kim and Kurt's brothers and sisters-in-law. So we're very blessed. Thank you guys for coming back and being a part with us this weekend and helping out with Fall Festival. The, the food truck, we sent the food truck out to two trunk or treats this week. We got invited to one at uh, Sugarloaf Schools and the, they, we got, it just got packed, packed we're with uh, giving away those uh, snow cones. And I said, Fran, how busy was it? He said, we gave away four gallons of syrup worth of snow cones. That's a lot of snow, because snow cones don't take all that much syrup, right? A squirt and you're good with that. So um, thank you, because you guys make that possible too. We can go and bless people with those things and the kids. And So thank you, thank you, thank you. I have two quick announcements too. Go. Those were all just the thank yous. Um, this coming Sunday... Uh, we're starting Grief Share back up, Dr. Lily and Jack, uh, Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Grief Share is a great place to deal with loss. And, and so if that might uh, benefit you, they'll meet here Sunday at 6. And we just found out that uh, I asked for permission to show uh, the, uh, the first two episodes of season three of The Chosen that's being released in theaters uh, on Friday, November 18th. And we have permission to show it here too. So that will be a, Yeah, good. If you like the chosen, you'll like that. That's a ticketed event. You know, we like to do everything for free, but they won't let me do it the way we want to do it. I have to sell tickets online, and people have to buy them. So uh, we'll get the link up to that. If you want to come, that would be an, an awesome thing. That's not a kids' event. That's a you know hour and a half of the chosen. But uh, um, if you've seen the series, you'll know how cool it is. So that's coming up on the 18th. That's a Friday. We'll get you more information. Okay, lots of announcements today, and uh, I don't want us to hang out there. Oh, that's oh, I, I didn't hit a bur- I didn't hit a button. I'm sorry. I have one job. <clears throat> if you're a first-time guest, if you've pointed your smart device at that with the camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card, name, phone number, email. We'd love to have that information. We will be sending you texts and emails over the next five and s- five to six weeks. Then they'll stop. We have gifts for you back at the welcome area as well. If you didn't get one on the way in, first time guest, please go back there. Grab one on the way out. We pray for our community and specifically for our neighbors right now every week uh, to reinforce what I ask you to do every day. Pray for your neighbors. That might be one of the most significant ministries that we engage in. You pray for those people that are right around you. And you lift them up to the Lord. And then we do it together. So think about a couple of them right now. A couple of your neighbors. Get them in your mind's eye. Lord, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty ways. That you would bring those who don't know you into relationship with you. That you would help us to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. 
and bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. We're hopping back in in a moment into our series called The Fight. We're in part 16. Today we'll be talking about the shield of faith. I'll do a little intro when I get going uh, with that, but I'm going to do the bad jokes, get them out of the way, and let you then read the word and bring us back to where we're heading, all right? So uh, lots of costumes and and stuff on the kids this week, so a couple of these are um, sort of related to that. What did Yoda say when he saw himself in 4K? Not a clue. HDMI. So you techies are all going to get that. HDMI. It's better than that. No, no, not. This was the one that I, I, I was hoping my wife would really like. What's blue and not very heavy? Not a clue. Light blue. There you go. Yeah, it's so bad. I'm not going to do it again. Thank you. Just move I along. think that's a blessing. See, that's, that's wisdom, blessing. right? Yeah, wisdom. You live and learn. Please pray for learn. us and lead us in the reading of the word. I am a perfect example of living and learning. I won't wear heels again on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Fall down in front of everybody. It's that's what everybody fears, right? When they're in front of people, I'm going to fall down, and then it almost happens. So, got that out of the way. Let's refocus, shall we? And pray, and then we'll read the word together. Lord, you're so good to us, and we thank you for your presence here, Papa. I pray that as we dig into your word, you would be with us today. Father, that you would reveal to our hearts and to our minds what you would have us know. Thank you for your grace that covers us, Lord, and your peace that goes before us. Just ask that you would surround us again with your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text is out of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 4. And Paul wrote the book of Ephesians while he was under house arrest in Rome. So that should give you a little context as we begin, starting at verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can be seated. All right, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, the shield of faith. In addition to all this, Paul says in Ephesians 6.16, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, the addition, uh, in addition to all this, he's, he's referring backwards, right, which we, we have to do. And he's certainly including in that the belt of truth, which we talked about, and the importance of being people of integrity. He's talking about the breastplate of righteousness, and it's his righteousness, not self-righteousness. And 
He's talking about what we looked at last week, the, the readiness, uh, the, you know, the, the shoes of readiness, the boots of peace of the gospel, good news, and all that carries. It also would take you back further into that, into the reason why we are, uh, this whole series was really about the armor of God, and we're only on piece number four, 16 weeks in, is because there's a therefore that starts this whole thing, and the therefore, in my opinion, required a pretty in-depth theological foundation, which we set. And uh, so... Um, in the first 11 weeks, that's what we were working on, so that we understand why there's a battle, how it came about, why there's evil in the world, what those things look like. There's a lot of very sort of heavy subjects that we dealt with in this series, so that now we can sort of in context understand the armor of God and why it's so important with us. And that in in this battle, we partner with Jesus uh, to rescue people that are trapped and to... Um, set the captives free. So remember, in spiritual battle, we know who the enemy is. We've talked about the, you know, the lesser Elohim and all of the mess. But it's, it's not that we go directly at them. The way that we battle against them is we rescue people out of their kingdom of darkness and introduce them to the kingdom of light, those people. That's, how, that's what we're called to. We partner with Jesus, and uh, Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. And we have this armor to protect us in this battle because we need it. Uh, and so we are uh, today going to talk about the shield of faith. Um, but I also wanted to take a moment and talk about that last little line there, the flaming arrows of the evil one and why that's in there. Now, the flaming arrows of the evil one are it's certainly talking about the sort of tricks and the traps and the deceptions of the enemy that we've spent a lot of time talking about and you know, his attempts to keep us from being people of the word and people of prayer and to get us distracted and busy and get us overwhelmed by culture and all those things. Um, but specifically in context, I think that uh, you have to then look at the entire letter to the Ephesians, the epistle to the Ephesians, and look at its bigger context. And and what Paul was really writing about there was uh, the God's human family, uh, who have been adopted in, as we saw last week, through the gospel, responding to good news in Jesus. The, the family that um, has made, been made possible because God coming, fully God, fully man, at the cross, defeating death and rising again and making for us a way to be reconciled. And so we are his human family. Re- family. Where did that come from? I put a B in it. Human family. And, and so, you know, quickly remember that the heart of God... Uh, when we read Genesis, back in Genesis 1, which is how we started this series, because I like to start things back at Genesis 1, uh, that the heart of God in creation was that God made this planet, he made a cosmic temple, which was Eden, that was perfect, he put us in there, because he wants to dwell with us on this planet, uh, and he gave us a vocation, which was to go and make the rest of the planet like Eden. It was good, but not quite like Eden. Uh, he wanted us to get along with his spiritual family. This was God's heart. And um, some of the spiritual family didn't like that, and they disrupted things, and then we made poor choices. And so we had the fall happen, and we had events like the flood, and we had the events of the Tower of Babel. But God's heart has never changed. God's plan, plan A, and the only plan that he still has, is that he wants to dwell on this planet with his human family forever. And so when he came, we talked about this last week, went to the cross. So remember, Jesus, fully God, fully man, goes to the cross, takes on and defeats the power of sin 
takes on and defeats the power of death, both of which were introduced at the fall. And then uh, he's made a way for us to be reconciled to God. And then he ascends, Holy Spirit comes. And so all of us who are his kids now, his family, are filled with Holy Spirit. We're the temple now, the place where heaven and earth meet, and we're waiting on his return. We have lots to do until he comes back. We're, we're re sort of back into the job that we had at the beginning, the vocation, which was to make a difference on the planet for the kingdom of God. But we know when we read the end of the book, Revelation 21, 22, the heavenly city, the new garden city, comes down from heaven to earth. Earth is renewed, restored, recreated, and all who believe get new physical resurrected bodies that are incorruptible, and we're back right on course with plan A. And everyone there has chosen to follow Jesus and to love God. And so everything gets back to the way it started. All right. <clears throat> so that's the, the overriding story. I went ahead and gave you an intro longer than I expected. The enemy hates it, has from the beginning, and continues to try and do everything he can to keep these things from happening. We looked at a lot of that last week. Blinding people to the good news that actually can set them free from darkness and, and how... Uh, we're to be those who present the good news. And shooting these arrows um, of this mess at us as well to keep us distracted and off track. And in, in, as I said, in the context of Ephesians, the whole book is written about this family, the God's family, and how important it is for us to be together, to be united. Uh, that's what Alice read. One faith, one hope. Um, you know, let me, let me get there. One body, that's us. One spirit, Holy Spirit. Just as you were called to uh, one hope. I just told you that, Revelation 21, when you were called. Uh, one Lord, Jesus. One faith. We'll talk more about that today. One baptism into the family of God. It's a symbol. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. That's the... The, the family of God, that's the unity we're the protect, that's what it's all about. The enemy wants to not let that happen, and he does everything he can to keep us divided. Those arrows are arrows of division. And we've, over 2,000 years of church, he has unfortunately been pretty successful with his division of the body of Christ. Uh, it's been ongoing. We've divided over all sorts of things over those 2,000 years, you know, things that the Bible says or doesn't say, how we interpret them, what it looks like. Uh, and, and it's never let up. And I would say, you know, today, uh, it goes even beyond that. Not only are there those sort of divisions that happen, we get divided among all sorts of social issues that are happening and cultural issues and, um, uh, I'm going to say that in my lifetime, we're easily as divided now as we've ever been, culturally. It's just massive divisions, and it runs across everything. Um, and I, I'm carefully saying what I'm saying. One of the issues that I think we have now is that it's always been good to have opinions about things. I think that you should. You should. It's part of wrestling through things and situations. Somehow, though, and it's one of these flaming arrows, opinions have become more important than just about anything else in our lives. And we, we will allow opinions to overrule even this, this walk with God that we have because we'll, we, hit these, we have these very strong opinions. Don't say you don't have them. What I'm saying is what needs to happen is you need to recognize that if your opinions are dividing you further, and, and that's what I think is happening. See, because 
can, I, we've lost the ability, and because I, I think it's supernatural ability, to love people whose opinions differ from ours. We don't love them. We, and we just want them like, to not exist. And that, that's not what we need to do. We have to get back to that place, and if the Holy Spirit will certainly allow us to do this, is that we recognize that's an arrow of the enemy who's working on division. And what we do is we give those opinions. We don't, you don't have to change your opinion. You just put it up here, and, and you have to sort of surrender it and say, Holy Spirit, listen, um, I disagree with this person on this issue, so I'm just going to give it to you and allow you to either change me or change them or let it stay there. But in the meantime... Would you help me to love them well and sincerely and in a very real and genuine way? And I think that needs to happen again. And I think the impetus for that, what, helped, I, what helps me move in those directions that are so countercultural sometimes is the realization that the enemy's behind it. And I don't want him to steal anything else in my life. Isn't he, hasn't he done enough mess? that I don't want to yield him anything else. And so, you know, I, so my opinions stay here, and, and, and that's okay. And I, I just want to be able to love you and relate on the things that we can relate on. And it, we should certainly be able to um, have Jesus in our lives, and that should be enough. One Lord, one faith, one hope, one, one God, all in all. All that stuff, I think, is really really important. And, and Ephesians goes on to say, and if you read Ephesians with that sort of mindset, you'll see that all the exhortations in Ephesians are to help us stay united as the family of God. And, and also Paul's going to say, and it's really hard. <laughs> Aren't you glad that they're real in the book? This is going to be really hard. And it is. Look, he's, he's, he was 2,000 years ago. This is going to be hard for you. And it is. So we need to uh, understand that it's the enemy's behind it, and he doesn't like what's happened. He doesn't like that Jesus has come and made a way for people to be reconciled to God. The, the, the lesser Elohim are still trying to exert their influence on, on the culture and on the world, and that's what they're doing. But, but we know it's all about Jesus, and, and, and so we look at that division and go, the enemy's doing that, and what we need to do is, is keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who uh, got exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, this is Ephesians 1.20, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, Jesus. And so we, we focus on Jesus and we trust him to help us uh, in all these situations, but ultimately to be able to love and encourage one another well. And I, I would say it's even more important now than it ever has been for us to go ahead and get a hold of this and, and just let some of those things that we, we can disagree on everything except, but if we can agree on Jesus, we have an opportunity for fellowship. And that's what we hang on to because that's the most important thing. All of these other things... You know, they, you know why I think, has your opinion, through the course of your life, has your opinions ever changed? <gasps> Jesus hasn't. It's a difference, right? My opinions are changing. Age is changing some of the way I look at things. It's so funny. I had a, I've got time. Side story. So after Friday, everybody was tired. We were sitting there, and I was sitting with, uh, in the room with three of the young people who would help do everything, two in their 20s, one in their 30s. I love having young people involved in everything that we do on staff, in leadership. It's just awesome, right? Um, so we're talking afterwards, and we got into a little um, 
medical conversation. And uh, we, I was talking a little bit about COVID again and, you know, what it's been like and things that are happening. And I, I had a few medical opinions. And then I remembered that one of the three in the group is a nurse. And I'm like, ah. and I said, I, you know, I, well, well you're, you're a nurse. You're in, it. you're in it. You're dealing with it, you know, hands-on, day-to-day. You, you know more, obviously, more about this stuff than I do. I, I said, because, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I did recently stay at a Holiday Inn Express. They looked at me like I was from another planet because it's an age thing. How many of you understand the reference I just made? It's an old commercial. They never heard it. Oh, I felt old. (laughs) I was like, oh. And then when I was trying to explain it to them, it still didn't work. Anyway, I I don't know how I got that far off, but I did. Uh, He's over everything, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So we have those flaming arrows, what they're dealing with. Now, the weapon that we have is the shield of faith, which is awesome for dealing with those flaming arrows. And it's, it's such an important sort of thing to grasp. What is this shield of faith all about? What's Paul talking about? And what does it mean in our lives? And um, Hebrews 11.6 gives us some insights into the shield of faith. Uh, let me read it to you. And we quote this pretty much every week with the kids. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we, we start to get an idea of faith there. And then uh, in the message paraphrase, I, I like this. I think it just adds a little texture to it, if you would. Uh, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. Why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. And I think there's three big things in, in that passage that we'll quickly talk about when it comes to the shield of faith. God exists. God cares. God responds. And that, that's really sort of the basis that we need to hang on to with that shield of faith. God exists, how it starts. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm talking to the choir for the most part here, because you're here because you believe that God exists. But culturally, a lot of people don't believe that there is a God. They think it's something else, uh, you know, or uh, just random accidents and all kinds of other things, and they don't believe that that there's a God, and then we have, there's a number of people who believe, well, there there could be a God, but he's gone off, and he doesn't have anything to do with us any longer. It's a pretty uh, widely held philosophy that's out there. Um, And and yet, I love the fact that, uh, that God has actually made it very, very, easy for us to know that he's there and that he's real. If you'll just take a breath sometimes and kind of forget some of the things that culture bombards you with and, and look and study. I'm not telling you to shut your brain off. Turn your brain on. Look and study and look around you and see what's going. Because God makes himself very well known just in the things that he's created. You can look around. And one of the things that you can see, that it, 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 you, there's so much design in the way things are created, there has to be a designer. It just can't. It can't have happened by itself. You can't make things just happen randomly the way that God has happened, the way that he's fashioned things, the way that he's created you, the way that you work, the way that you're... you're I was teasing Alice. I was working in my shed this week, and my, my skin is not as thick as it used to be. You're going to think I'm 90 the way I'm talking. I'm not. But, it's not, but, it, but still, skin regrows. What a fascinating idea. 
Um, your eyes, you know, and, and the fact that they take in information and it's flipped upside down in your brain and spun around, your, your brain can comprehend it. Um, the, the way things work together, you can look out and, and just in the systems that are happening, you know, out in the oceans and how things and how they all work together and how any little part of it getting disrupted messes up the rest of it. There's design in it. There's, there's, you know, intelligence at it. And, and more and more science is moving in understanding that sort of idea that there has to be some sort of design. Now, where, where that will go a lot of times is they believe that there was some design, but the designer took off a long time ago. I said that. But he hasn't. Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. How about just dwelling on that for a little while? Because we know things are made up of atoms and molecules and all that other stuff that you can't see apart, but that everything is... How, did, how in the world did they know that? Because God was the creator of everything. God brought everything into being. And, and uh, just like this building. Uh, this building didn't just happen. There was a designer, and there was, you know, lots of begging at the permit office. And... <laughs> <laughs> Lots of humbling happening, please. And oh, never mind. That's a whole other story. Um, but it, it, there was, and people involved in a process. There was a designer. It has purpose and reasons. It just didn't kind of happen randomly. Oh, there you go. And and that's what God did. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. So God exists. The heavens declare the glory of God. Absolutely. The skies proclaim. The work of his hands. How important are all these things? And so, uh, God, in the beginning, we looked at already, created the heavens and the earth. That's a heading. That, that one verse, first verse is a heading for all 11 chapters in Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth. Everything. God created everything. And he exists. And because he's a creator of everything, he created you. And that's important because he cares about you. Sometimes people think that God doesn't care. God absolutely cares. About you, you're his kids, you're his family. He cares about the whole world. We saw that last week. But once you make the decision to follow him, you, you become his children. And he loves his children. And, and he, you know, is, is so uh, present in our lives. Like this verse, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. So, so he doesn't want you to live all stressed out and worried and fearful. He wants you to give, he says, give it, give it to me. I'll take it. And and you can just walk in me, and you can trust in me. He really does care for you and about you. And and all that I talked about, the gospel, last week, and again this week, when you what Jesus did at the cross, he did because he cares for you. And he wants you to experience life now and forever. It's not just the promises of hope that I talked about. Because of what Jesus has done, when you come to know Jesus, your eternal life begins. He's He's with you now. It's the beginning of everything. That doesn't mean that stuff don't happen. It does, because we live in a fallen world on a broken planet. We have a very real enemy. But you can trust God. He's got you now and forever. Unlike the enemy, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full, full and abundant life. So this is part of the faith as well. God cares. Lastly, God responds. God's active. He's not millions of miles away. We've talked about the heaven and earth connect. He's actively involved in our lives. Matthew 6, 28, and following one of my favorite passages, I say that every week, about whatever passage we're talking about. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor and spin, yet I tell you that 
Not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the unbelievers, run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Long time, lifetime verse here. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you or added to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow worries about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And the whole church goes, Amen! (laughs) Yes, it does. Seek first his kingdom. Listen, we, we, we have this tendency to try and make everything work in our own strength when the reality is in the economy of God, the best thing you can do is trust him to take care. He's so much better at it than you are. He just is. He's God. And we need to know that that's what's happening and that's where life is found. So hang on to the shield of faith. Remember those flaming arrows? That's the enemy. Recognize them. And then know that God exists, God cares, God responds so that you can stand up against that. Not only for you, but for your neighbors. And that we have more opportunities to invite people into the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Ministry team, those here might head over the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. Sometimes we just need somebody with skin on when we pray to encourage and bless. And, and so if you need any time for ministry today, the folks over there will be happy to pray for you. Let me say this. Everything that I talked about today starts by knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if you've never prayed a simple prayer that just says, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? Today, right now, this is your time. He's done everything. I I even talked about it in this message. Everything that needs to happen, he has done. Our part is to receive and believe. We believe in our hearts, confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, please do it today. Just this, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? That prayer begins everything because it starts your relationship with God. Holy Spirit comes and fills you And from there, he takes you on this eternal journey. Best decision you will ever make. And I hope that if you hadn't made it before, you've done it today. Amen. Felt like the Lord was speaking to the to me this morning, even before I got to church, that there's people, maybe probably more than one of you, that feel a little out of sorts and maybe even like you just don't fit. And I what I felt like the Lord wanted to say to you was in his kingdom and in his, his world, you fit, you belong, you have a place of belonging. And that's what you use to fight off those thoughts that you don't fit, that it's, you don't belong because you do in God's kingdom. Amen. Man, good word. Good word. Okay. And the ministry team's there. Thank you for being so generous, guys. We love partnering with you. Thank you for your faithfulness to giving, offering, tithing. Bless you for all of that. And let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you.
May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Sun's come back out. That's nice. Maybe you can get out there and catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Enjoy the rest of the day. We will see you next week. Prayers over there if you need it. God bless you guys. And thanks for being a part uh, online. We love you guys, and uh, so glad that you were here. Shield of Faith, that's some cool stuff. And get ready for the helmet of salvation, the hope of salvation. That's next week. And enjoy your day. And hey, God. And Steve shared with Steve shared with me a little bit of the the um, Advent series yesterday, and I think you guys are going to really like it. So stay tuned for that. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Got to wait. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, God bless you guys.